Hey guys, this is Sonal Padewala, your host. Welcome to Shrinkalaji. Yes, I have been away and there is a very valid reason for it. As usual, I bring you insights. This particular time, it's not a therapeutic insight, but a personal insight, an experience. Experience of grief kept me away. And it also made me think that as a culture, we need to develop grief etiquette. Yes, the personal experience that I have been through makes me realize that grief is awkward and uncomfortable for all involved. It's not only the person who has lost, but also the people on the other side of the fence. Many a times they absolutely do not know what to say, what to do. And it makes the whole situation so complicated and awkward. Loss of any kind brings grief. It is uncomfortable, awkward and an uneasy time for all involved. The ones who are grieving are going through deep sadness, imbalance and feeling stranded due to the loss. I did too. The ones who attend to grieving, for their society tells them so, are conflicted too. They can't comprehend the loss of another. They feel pity and sympathy for the surviving lot. Yet, they have their own pressing concerns that they must attend to. In that, the conflicts arise of rushing a tender process into haphazard lanes. Often people avoid the grieving ones because deep down, they lack the ability to say appropriate things and are afraid they might say the inappropriate. They feel they might end up hurting the feelings of the grieving. Often the grieving one covers oneself into isolation for they feel no one can comprehend their loss. They feel hurt, lonely and lost. I did too. Whatever inputs the others might give, something rattles, something jabs, something hurts. There is a tendency to perceive others as selfish, unavailable inattentive. The shattering loss has created a frame of mind that does color perception. What I did realize in this time is both the grieving and the attending need to remember. No one is trained to skillfully navigate vulnerable times. The learning happens only through experience. The appropriateness assails only after few hits and misses. There are no training centers where you go to learn about loss, pain and hurt. Nor does anyone take explicit training to learn what to say and how to behave while you encounter someone going through a deep, deep loss. Also, this is a reason for isolation and further loss of connection. How can we learn to navigate this intense period or support someone through it? This is a question that I sat with it. How do I navigate this intense grief that I was feeling? The first thing that I realize is we can learn to have open conversations around grief, loss and exchange of condolences much, much earlier with our children when we are onlookers to a distant experience of loss through death or separation or calamity. Teaching our young generation about these grave, solemn phases will mitigate much hurt and pain. Instead, 
we keep our young gen away from funerals gatherings that entail sadness or uncomfortable dealings under the pretext of not exposing them to harshness we also take away from them opportunities to make sense of loss and see different ways pain unfolds for different people we can begin to understand few things both grieving and visiting people should know in order to coherently sensitively reach one another and offer hope solace and connection every loss every loss brings sadness and pain while loss through death is the most erosive loss all losses require grieving and emotions of sadness and pain are inevitable Loss through separation as in divorce, breakups, family breakdown all carry with them sad hurts and emotional pain. Sometimes even a loss of job, a loss of health, loss of affection all carry disappointment and wounds. To uphold one over another in hierarchy is a disregard. Pain is pain in all forms. Let us learn to honor and respect all forms of loss emanating grief. Another thing that I realized is awkward discomfort is normal here. A person is bound to feel awkward and uncomfortable in this phase of loss. If you're going through loss, you're making sense of the void. You're working through what it means to be living now without that which you lost. No wonder you don't know how to be comfortable. You're in no position to follow any coherent dictum of behavior. Now, If you're on the other side of the fence that is you are the one attending to the ones who are grieving if you're going to meet a grieving person again accept the awkward uncomfortable feeling you feel understand you can't make it right for them except there is nothing you can say that can make the pain go away or make it less their grief cycle needs to complete for them it may take days or months or years you cannot have a say in that All you need to do is be present and silently share that moment of connection. Another important thing that I observed everyone grieves uniquely. All reactions during grief are valid. Each personality pattern is well entrenched and that defines how grief will unfold for that person. Loss especially through death may cause varied reactions in every person witnessing it. Some may feel overwhelmed and unable to deal with reality and may faint or go into screaming yelling spree. Some cry incessantly. These are treated as dramatic and undignified by the onlookers. However, one must understand that trauma needs to move from the body. The extreme shock the reality causes biological reactions which need to move out of the body and hence may require the extreme yelling screaming and body movements to view it with judgment would be to absent oneself from being present true the onlooker may feel discomfort and unable to cope or tame the responses they are seeing the attempt however may not be necessary allowance would be a more appropriate measure till the biology moves to homeostasis trust me it surely will Some in the throes of grief say or do vitriolic stuff to those for whom they harbor resentment or anger. Violent arguments have been witnessed on many a death or divorce scenes. All that was stored needs to come out. This is not the time for repression. 
If we are aware of these extreme reactions in us or others, we may develop and demonstrate calm tolerance and allowance of it all. The awareness is necessary. As a grieving person too, if you are aware of it, you can utilize this information to express rather than repress. You also will feel a void feeling shame at all that is showing up in you. Ideally, it is a good practice to work on felt resentment early on so it does not make its grand entrance in a cruel way towards others during these vulnerable times. If you haven't bottled up anger, guilt or shame and worked through it to resolution, you would feel a lesser need to throw it out when guards are down, especially during grief. Silence is the best alley. Often one wonders what to say, how to say. Actually, in the time of loss, there is not much to say. Biologically, the trauma and shock affects your Broca's area in the brain, one that deals with speech. This might be the reason why the grieving person has a lesser need to talk or articulate how they feel. There is tremendous silence within too. In that landscape, one is revisiting the shared times, quotes, conversations and creating some more from the unsaid. There is a need to go within to find that which is lost and recreate it in some form. There's a deep, deep need to actually go within, search insights, go back to those experiences, the shared experiences you've had and really recreate that relationship in some form just to buy that time. Memories assail the inner landscape and a need to savor the feel-good that envelops. Any outside input is a hindrance or perceived as intrusion. It explains the tendency to be want to be alone and reminisce in the deeper alleys of heart and mind. If you are on the other side of the fence, knowing this fact will help you greet them with your silent presence. You will refrain from adding your extra inputs, assurances and decision-making questions. A silent sitting together, a hand clasp, a hand on the shoulder, communicating, I am here for anything that comes up is huge solace and support. Grief is biological as well as emotional. These gestures go deep in the visceral arena and tell wordlessly the limbic brain that support is around. Grief has a cyclic phase. It doesn't have a flat line. There are times the grieving one cries copiously, then talks fondly about times gone by, then sadly withdraws into a sulking silence or rage over perceived injustice. No relationship one has had is ever perfect. There is a mix of everything in it. Recency effect plays a vital role in how grief pans out. If the relationship was full and at peace, the grief is silent and peaceful. If unresolved issues were present, grief is tumultuous. To recognize it within oneself, these phases is to honor all that comes up out and what whatever times. A lot will come out at different times and you will honor all that comes out at whatever times. If you recognize this simple thing that no relationship was perfect, you may go silent or you may talk incessantly. You may read something, hear something, see something and realize the finality of it all. To wrap one's mind around this aspect may be very overwhelming. You need time for this process to unfold in its own way. This is the time when even mundane may annoy due to the demands it places on your attention. 
You may want to go inward. These demands want you to look outward. You will need to have a choice in these matters. Sometimes there are ceremonies, rituals of disposal in case of death and dissolution in case of separation. The practical may beckon. Choose the most necessary and let the unnecessary go firmly, gently and clearly. Again, if you are on the other side of the fence, you are visiting, you are attending, check in where is the grieving person in this cycle before you offer anything. You catch them in the silent, no reply zone. Don't take offense or force a response from them. A squeeze, a hug, a silent presence will support. This isn't the time to push media advantage and text furiously. The hurt person may not revert. If you catch them in the talk and reminisce zone, listen. Make room for their conversation instead of cutting their sentences for next time. There won't be one. It is a cycle, remember? Do not begin a process you are not willing to invest in. This particular warning now cannot come too soon. Do not push cheer too soon, too fast. Grieving is uncomfortable. It makes everybody uncomfortable. Yes, I agree. It is tears, agony, heartache. It makes the best ones awkward. Only the ones who have owned their vulnerability and completed the process of grief will have the equanimity to meet it with compassion, peace and sensitivity. Not everyone has done this work. Each must know this, including the grief-stricken ones. We all are imperfect and we may make immature statements. However, strictly avoid injecting cheer to uplift the moods. A grieving person has gone in a kind of a personal cave. There is a need to get each nook and cranny examined. If you pull out too soon, you may have the need to go back in there. Therefore, take the time it requires to naturally gravitate back to smiles and cheer. Suggestions to visit somewhere, create a gathering, may put a person in the spot and stunt the natural closure. Develop a personal relationship of peace with the loss. Often death, separation, circumstance may bring loss. Person must learn to live with it. Whether it was a sudden loss or expected, there still is a sense of denial over it. A hope of having that loss miraculously restored. Personal rituals need to be carved to create a peaceful resonance with the loss. After bitterness, venting, hurting, comes the peaceful space of acceptance. A calm realization of no reversals. A halting of efforts to yearn to reverse the loss. The finality dawns in. A certain release occurs of the loss. Then the eyes, heart, spirit turns back to the business of living. O oh, dearest one who is grieving, take your time to reach here. Do not rush and push. O oh, the attending one, you are the friend, relative, well-wisher. Wait for this moment to arrive and receive them to begin this new innings anew. That will be the biggest support. Instead of asking, what can I do for you? you would actually be doing something for them. You would be witness to the most beautiful process of a human facing a loss, going through it, making peace with it, recognize it, find it in the heart to release the loss and begin to live again. In that moment, if you have hung out around, you can give them a smile to catch, a line to start, a hope to revive all that they suspended. This is grief, insight that I have had in the last 15 short days. The loss was personal and deep, and yet 
psychologists on the other side comes out with something that i feel that people need to know something that we need to talk about before not after something that we need to keep conversing around our culture needs to build the sensitivity for everyone around sometimes we do judge the attending ones we take their remarks and sometimes hold it against them that they said this or they said that but understand this there are no rehearsed speeches over here that a person would know exactly what to say how to react the situation is pressure built the situation is awkward and so at times mistakes happen cruel statements are uttered immature things happen and at those times if we can find it in our heart to understand this level to understand the fact that grief does strange things to people every person around we will be able to attend to the loss with lot more grace i am back now and i would love to hear how have you been dealing with grief how do you look at losses that happen which are natural in life write back to me send your audio and yes i do need lots and lots of love from all of you into my dm i need to hear this voice that telling me we are here for you